0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world, the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, June 25th. LA Galaxy getting closer and closer to the Orlando tournament. There are teams in Orlando. In fact, San Jose Earthquakes where the first team there here in a little bit as well. And we've got a bunch to talk about tonight. Uh, a little bit about Julian Rajo, Mike McGee, of course, we're uh, we'll, we'll making a, a quote-unquote appearance. Uh, at least we're going to get it to talk about him uh, on the show as a special anniversary is once again passing us by. And then, of course, we have the MLS Orlando Tournament group stage schedule finally came out. And we're going to let you know what all that was and how all that went around. And uh, to help me do that, uh, she's back in the house. It's the canon herself, Miss Sophie Nicolaus. Sophie, how's it going?
1: I am very well, Mr. Guestman. How are you?
0: I, I'm hanging in there. Qu- but it's Guzman. To, no, you got a guessman.
1: You, I you got a guessman, right. right? I don't know why I just oh, yeah. had a complete brain fart just there with your name. I want, I want it's been you to too know long.
0: That, that, you know, well, first of all, everybody knows Bruce Arena calls me John Guzman. So that would have been fine. Also, Also would have been fine having said that. Um, the, my, my pro clubs player on, on FIFA, on my PS4, whenever I play his name, last name is Guzman because everybody calls me Gooseman, um, because there's not two S's. So I'm, I'm, my nickname was goose. My nickname is pato. For some reason I have like foul waterfowl names. I don't understand why, but my nicknames have always been around centered around that goose and pato. Uh, and, and other things like that. So yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing great. How are, how, hey, but seriously, how you, are you? You doing? have the
1: legend Bruce Arena that calls you by something. That's kind by of special. Something.
0: It's because he didn't know me and he was drinking wine at the time, but you know, other than that, it was, it was just fine. So no, I'll always, uh, always good. I need to ask how you're feeling though. I know it's a, it's not a great day for you. Liverpool, uh, you know, Premier league champions, uh Arsenal not so much. Uh but they did win today. So I mean at least we're getting you on a good day where they won. So that that's that it's, has to be okay.
1: It's definitely okay. And I think the other way I get my head around the whole Liverpool thing is the last time they won it was actually the year after we destroyed them at Anfield 89. And you know, and then the year after, well, we won it the year after, and then they won it, and then that was it, right? So no, they won it the year after, sorry. Um, So that's how I equate it, that we kind of destroyed their souls, which is why it took them so long. So, right. yes, but watching their celebrations, I just, you know, I'm jealous because I look at my team and I think, my goodness, we are so far from that. They've lost two games in almost two seasons, Josh. There is no asterisk by the Liverpool name. No. I tell you something, though, the MLS Cup will have an asterisk this year. <laughs> yes. There's no doubt about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think you can uh, You can look at that any other way. And, you know, we keep talking about how there's supposed to be a regular season after this tournament, Sophie. And, and you know, just with, you know, COVID-19 and the way it keeps going, I, I keep thinking, we may only see this tournament. You may get to watch the LA Galaxy play three games, and if they don't play them very well... Uh, you may not get to see the LA Galaxy play more than three games uh, this year. So you will have a total season of five games for the LA Galaxy uh, that maybe you watch. And I've been more optimistic on that at at times, and I'm more pessimistic. You're catching me on a pessimistic day. I'm not so sure that there's a tournament after, or there's a a regular season after this tournament.
1: That explains the black t-shirt. You know, usually you're rocking some kind of tea, and it's a talking tea a lot. But today you're in black, you know.
0: Yes. But, yes, uh, I have my uh, my goal five. Uh, my goal five equal play. Uh, it's a uh, goal five is a uh, is a soccer company that is run and uh, put on by women. And so this was ah uh, uh, my one of my favorite shirts. They make like a couple men's shirts, which is by the mm-hmm. way, as it should be. Uh, and this is one of the equal play ones, so I thought I like nice. this shirt. I wear it all the time. So when people always either ask me or ask me about it, or they give me like a dirty look, and that makes me happy too. So either way, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally about it. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. you you can deal with what, it. So
1: why are you feeling pessimistic though? Usually, pessimistic it, about the the season the and se- what's about to happen, right? Yeah, Not yeah. I
0: mean, if, if no, no, no. I mean, well, okay. no. In life, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Everything's going okay in general. In life, we did survive a, uh, a COVID scare at our house. So we thought we were perhaps exposed. And I learned about mm, an hour ago that we weren't. So all of the extra precautions we'd been taking for the last six or seven days uh, now get thrown out the window. And we're sort of like, okay, back to just normal, us being careful and safe right. and staying home as much as possible. But Really, we've been trying to separate even from the people that we have in our small bubble. We were like, we don't know who has it. We don't know if anybody. So just stay away. Uh, and then of course, yeah. I was reading the the, uh, the some of the symptoms for this as this goes on. And I have to mm-hmm. say that COVID 19 has to be one of the most frustratingly vague diseases I've yeah. ever seen. It's like, it's like, hey, uh, do you have an earache? Yeah, could it could be an earache? You know, do you have a headache? Yeah, yeah, it could be a headache. Oh, did, could is it a cough? Yeah, it could be a cough. You know, do you have to have a fever? No, you don't have to have a fever. But if you have a fever, well, I mean, it could be it i mean it's just it's all these things yeah. you like yeah did
1: you did, did yeah. you have to do the test cuz tony had to do the test we had a scare too and right. one of the, one of the things we were saying how is it possible after not leaving the house wearing gloves everywhere we go wearing a mask and we have symptoms of you know like the yep. flu or it's yep. incredible um but it it was negative so that's a good thing but the process of the test and going and lining up and, you know, it's like a scene from Contagion, right? It's uh, yeah. it's kind of uh, feels like you're in a scene yeah. from a movie. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, we have. Um, so we didn't have to get the test because we were sort of we thought we might have been exposed like once removed type thing. So it was a whole it was a whole thing like technically where we were at and the people we were with, they might have been exposed the day before. So we were waiting to see if the people who they, they thought they were exposed to got a positive test, then t- we found out today their test came back negative. So then basically down the chain is also negative. And we're like, okay, we're all good. Everybody everybody, go back yeah. to normal station. But uh, right next door to me, uh, where oh. you know I, I'm an essential business and we've been working, uh, right next door to our place, they are doing COVID-19 testing. In fact, so much that we've had to lock our door and put signs on it and said, there is no COVID-19 testing here because then we have all these people coming to our front door. We're like, hey, it's around the corner. So we've been directing people around the corner and doing all that. But uh, I know the tests. I've seen what they do and that type of thing. And uh, I mean, these players, as we talk about the tournament, you know, they're going to get tested every other day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that means, you know, that's a lot. Now they're doing combinations of different ones where they have like the nasal swab, which is the uncomfortable one. And nobody really wants to do it. Um, And then there's also, I guess, a saliva one that they're doing as well. So it's not... It's not the nose one all the time, um, but at the same time, I don't think any of them are comfortable. Um, And with the rising cases in Orlando, which with the rising cases uh, in Orange County and L.A. County and California and Florida and Texas and Arizona, um, you know, there's just that's this is where my negativity comes from. It's sort of like, okay, you know, this was because we didn't do a good enough job handling this to begin with. Now we're Mm -hmm. dealing with an extended first wave. Um, and so, you know, it makes me worried about what's going to happen in September, uh, and October, whenever the flu hits and you have this at the same time. Uh, so it's going oh, yeah. to be an interesting rest of the year. I have a feeling.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you've hit on, hit the nail on the head there, Josh. Uh, I completely agree with everything that you've said and, you know, look what's happening to the Orlando pride. The other factor that comes into this, right. Is trust, right.
0: Uh-huh. So- so much.
1: And and it's so huge. Um, we saw one, I can't remember, was it Schalke's manager in, when the Bundesliga first returned? He popped to the store quickly to grab some soap or whatever it is. And boom, you know, he has to be quarantined. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for these Orlando pl- Pride players, too. It's a, t- a teammate has kind of broken the rules and put everyone in jeopardy. Um, forget about competing, but just putting your teammates in jeopardy. So the trust right. factor is going to be really big. I mean, are they going to have a curfew? Um, how's this going to yeah. work? And and yeah. and how does that trust factor play into it, right?
0: No, I mean, it, it is. And, you know, it was one of the things you heard players before all this. And, and I think Bill Hamid was one of the voices, uh, you know, sort of coming out. Uh, mostly against this particular aspect of, of MLS is – um, and this return to MLS is he's like, we're adults. Let us go out like and be adults and social distance and do the whole thing. And, you know, we will be adults about it. And it's like, OK, well, we've let people be adults. We've seen it in the German League and, you know, we've seen it now in uh, in the NWSL. We let people be adults. And for one reason or another, just like everybody, they're like, oh, don't worry, we're not going to get it. It's going to be fine. Um, except that they do, and it's not. And listen, it, it, the vast majority that we've seen inside of the sporting world, Sophie, have been either asymptomatic or light symptoms. I mean, you're not talking about yeah. people who are really sick, and that probably has something to do with the age, and it has to do with the health of the players. I mean, you don't get bunch more in shape and in you know sort of better cardiovascular than uh, I think than than soccer players are sort of the all around athlete as far as I can. Mm-hmm. I, I really put things on there, so you know you're not seeing. These, these these really sick people. So, I mean, in that way, you're lucky, but at the same time, you can't have it going spreading through these hotels and you get to the hotel argument and... You say, okay, the Swan and Dolphin Hotel, which, by the way, I'm going to point out now the Swan and Dolphin Hotel, which is where all of MLS and all the staff and all of the people who are going are going to be staying at, is on Disney World property, but it's not a Disney operated property. It's operated by Marriott, and therefore the employees that work there are not Disney employees, but Marriott employees. Um, And really, when you look at all of these things that are sort of happening, is that you know, MLS made all these deals with Disney to play at the Worldwide of Sports to have ESPN do it. Mm-hmm. These are all Disney deals. And ultimately, even though it's on property, it's technically not even a Disney hotel or a Disney property. And so there's less control, I would say, of the staff than if it was Disney. You might be able to work them some things out with Disney. But with Marriott, they're not testing the people who are working at the hotels. Um, and they're not not—they're not staying in a bubble. They're allowed to go in and out, and when you look at rising cases around that's that, right. what are the chances they're going to bring it inside? Um, The good news is if they do bring it inside, it's going to get caught pretty fast because they're going to give it to one of the players, and one of the players is going to get tested, and it's going to be shut down pretty quick. I mean, that's the idea behind all this testing. But at the same time, I'm starting to lean, and I have been very much, hey, let's do this, let's do it safely, let's go, and I'm starting to lean very much on this now, Sophie, which is, why? Why are we even trying this? Why is there even a tournament? Why are we putting people? Nobody. I don't want anybody to die for my entertainment. That's not. That's not what this is about. I can do podcasts about no soccer at all. We have been, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's just. It's starting to get to the point where I'm asking why are Why are we doing this?
1: Money. Yeah, that's well, yeah. the only. That's the. That's the only reason, and we we all know that. And the and the question, the moral question of why is. I don't think there's an answer to that because I think most of us believe that right now in this climate with the way everything is escalating and progressing and again shifting gears, this virus is a beast on its own. I mean, even Fauci was saying the other day that he's never quite seen anything like this. There's that unpredictability factor to it. And I'm not sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, Josh, but didn't the Orlando Pride, someone in the Orlando Pride had a false negative or a negative test on the Tuesday, and then they tested positive like just a few days after. And so the space in between, which is what you were saying just a few minutes ago, I mean, you know, that's, it's very high risk. And when you're talking about um, hotel employees that come and go as they please, they got to go home, they got to come to work. uh, And there's going to be a player. There always is. Someone is going to escape lockdown and do something daft. I mean, it's yeah. inevitable, is it not?
0: No, no, it is. We were uh, there was there was a group chat I was on, and we were trying to figure out which team would be most likely to like have have somebody break like curfew, oh, or go do something. Um, and who'd, so, who'd in pick? my mind, uh, so I, I think you have to look at. I picked FC Dallas, all right, and it's the, it's the combination young. of younger younger kids, right? Like you're looking for a younger team. Uh, you're looking for a team who's like, oh man, I'm invincible. Like there's not, you know, there's the whole thing. And FC Dallas always has the academy kids and, and all this <laughs> stuff. I'm sure they're smart kids. I don't mean any disrespect, to, but I wanted to pick like a young team and FC Dallas sort of pops in my head the first time. Um, I'm trying to think if there. Do you have it off the top of your head? Could you think of uh, a, a team that that possibly you would think? Um,
1: I think, I think just cause I don't know why the New York Red Bulls came into my mind only because, um, right? maybe cause they fail at every level in the playoffs and this team that promised so much. And I don't know, I don't know why they popped into my mind and I don't want to pick on any player and say, anybody's I know, name, I know. Um, but I, I mean, I could just, I could just see it happening and, you know. Uh, the, The financial ramifications of there not being any MLS football this season is, you know, it can be devastating for a lot of teams. A lot of teams um, don't have that sustainability or that sponsorship or market um, that a lot of other teams do. And, and. and with new teams coming in as well. I mean, think about the investments made there and this right. whole hoopla with Inter Miami and waiting for them to come into the league. And and then you've got FC Austin as well and, and teams that are coming down, down the line too. So it's a really tricky situation. I understand why they're doing it because they, they've built the league up so much and they've created right. this beast really. Uh, and, and now here we are where we're in a situation I mean, the NBA, the NFL, MLB have just sorted out their mess and and um, and how they're coming back, and you know it's just going to be really tricky to control the situation. And I hope that people come, you know, out of it completely unscathed. Um, and it ends up being a great tournament that really has good quality football. I mean, we've in. It's taken Bundesliga a while to kick in. Um, it, it's taken the Premier League. It's today's game was between Chelsea and Manchester City was probably the best game that we've seen so far. Right. Just some really poor games. Players especially on Arsenal, uh, getting injured, dropping like flies. And so there's a health risk, too. And I'm not sure that conversation's been talked about enough, Josh, in terms of forget the COVID safety. What about injuries and pushing players to come back after being off for so long? And they've not really been able to integrate um, as much, have they? It's just happened all very quickly.
0: Yeah, I, that is. Hey, it's one of the reasons that FIFA even recognized that pretty earlier with the five subs. They were like, "Listen, you're going to need five subs. We we understand that this is going to happen." Um, so, you know, I always think it's it was funny. By the way, the chat room uh, took a quick vote and decided that if if uh, if Gio was uh, still on the LA Galaxy, that he would be one hundred percent likely to break curfew. Um, so, I would be there. That's, uh, a pretty,
1: that's a pretty good cool
0: i'm I'm not going to disagree. and and Jonathan would be there with him, by the way. If that happened, it would be Jonathan holding the door and being the lookout for Geo. because together they were they were a duo that got in trouble. So um let's not let j d s escape. now j d s by himself, by the way. Jonathan by himself, fine I'm not worried about him he'll he'll take it but if we, when his brother is there they get into trouble so I don't I don't know what it is well, um Jonathan Joe will just also... get in
1: trouble himself on his Instagram he doesn't need his <laughs> yes. brother to help him these days so well,
0: <laughs> see see that would be that would be Jonathan's thing is he would go break curfew and then he would Instagram story it while he was doing it and so then you would, you would have that get in trouble um by the way Joe uh, Joe on the chat room says that Miami would like be likely to uh to to break curfew um so we'll see if, if that's maybe lots it's Orlando of young
1: players there too lots of yes yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. But, uh, the, the, by the way, uh, this is a total family show, but if uh, you've been following any of the Carlos Ruiz stuff, uh, somebody in the chat room says, I heard Carlos Ruiz recently broke curfew as well. So that's a good joke, and we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. So I'll, 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 just, I'll just slide that one. But um, here is, you know, it, it's it's you look at all these things that are sort of set up for these guys in MLS and what's going to happen. You talked about the injuries, and it is a big deal. Um, you know, the... The Galaxy itself, and we're going to talk about it, currently have, I think, 25 players on the roster. Um, and that's it. I expect maybe one or two more additions uh, from the addition that we got today. Um, but what you're going to see is that, yeah, people are going to get hurt in these three games mm-hmm. in this group stage that they're playing. People are going to get hurt in in, in the knockout rounds and these things. Uh, and it's going to be about teams that are probably deeper than teams like the LA Galaxy. So if you're looking at the Galaxy as, as sort of being at a disadvantage because of the size of their roster and because... I would say the lack of depth uh, that really they do have at almost every position across the board. Um, You know, you could say that this tournament could be really rough on the Galaxy and maybe three games is enough in the group stage and you just get through those three games and you try to get back to sort of a quote unquote normal schedule uh, if it all goes well after that. But the injury thing, you've seen it, the soft tissue um, injuries in the Bundesliga, um, you know, Mm -hmm. the Premier League, uh, every place that has come back, you've seen these injuries take a serious hit on all the teams that are playing there. And so, you know, you have to, this is this is where it's different though, Sophie. I mean, for the most part, everybody's wrapping up their leagues, right? And the, mm-hmm. and the LA Galaxy and MLS are just starting the league. So not only the injury is going to play into account, but they could have long-term ramifications if they continue to play these games at, you know, home venues after this.
1: Yeah, at least um, some of the players in Europe were conditioned you know, uh, I mean, the last game, I was actually in London for the last Arsenal game against West Ham, and that was March 1st sec- or 2nd. Right. And so you're talking about a season that started in August of 2019. And so those players are a little bit more conditioned. So going into lockdown, they can just kind of keep working out every day. Um, yes, they're not going to be match fit. They're out for three months almost, but at least they were conditioned. And I think... How many days are there in between the games, Josh? Uh,
0: let's see. The LA Galaxy, I think, go five days between games um, for the most part. Let's see. Uh, let's see. That, yep, five and five. Yeah, it's five days between uh, between their games. So that's I not mean, bad. In, in,
1: it's not bad in this instance in the Premier League. There's been three days in between some of these games to be able to wrap this puppy up. You know, before the end of uh, of July. So five days isn't too bad. And and I think I'm trusting the coaching staff. I mean, GBS takes it all very seriously, doesn't it, um, in terms of conditioning the players, working them down, you know, whether it's after games. Uh, you know, he's known to kind of hit them hard when it comes to, like, you know, playing bad, and he makes them work that much harder. So I am I have a lot of trust in him that he's really prepared. Um, and so are his staff for this moment and this part of – of what, you know, the, the, the squad has to do. The question is, have the players been looking after themselves the way they should? Uh, and that's always a big question. And there are always going to be a couple that come back a little bit overweight. Um, you know, rumors of players even in the Premier League coming back not having kind of taken care of themselves, maybe had a bit too much um, during lockdown as well. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully they'll, they'll come out of it unscathed.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the the time between games, I think, is fine. The five days, I have no problems with. And uh, as John well, yeah, in the yeah, tra- there's no travel. Room, yeah, exactly. As John in the chat tra- room was saying, there's no travel either. So, you know, what is it? The the games, for me, are spaced fine. Uh, the real problem is that they haven't played competitively against anybody uh, besides themselves. And that just happened recently. Um, but they haven't been competitive or game shape or anything like that for, you know, since March 12th. Uh, we've done... Mm-hmm. This is our 30th show in quarantine. Um, So March, yeah, March 12th, I did a solo show by myself on March 12th was the day that the league shut down. And that was the last one that was in the studio. Um, And now we've done 30 shows away from the studio. If my math was correct on all that. So this is the 30th show that we've done while the whole thing has happened um, without any soccer being played. I mean, it's it's an extreme amount of time. You figure we do two shows a week. We, did th- we basically mm. have 15 weeks of shows that we did, um, and there was no soccer being played, no competitive soccer. Now, the guys are back to training now, which is great, right. but they're not in game shape. They're not going to be in game shape, and you can no. expect in sort of this tournament setting that it's going to be more of a preseason-type tournament anyway, but it's competitive, and it counts, and... There's not unlimited substitutions, and Guillermo Berescolotto is already a guy who doesn't even use the three subs whenever you give him three, so what's he going to do with five (laughs) subs, you know? Um, I think the only way you ever get Guillermo to do all three subs is if you give him five, so that way he only has to use three of the five.
1: I think he's under a tremendous amount of pressure, even though this isn't a regular, normal MLS season. I think this. There's only one thing that matters for LA Galaxy, and I'm not dismissing any of the other players. Obviously, the team has to come well. They have to gel well. Um, some of them we've seen, and we know what they're going to offer and who they can be. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to a, a new a newbie in a little bit. Right. Um, but there's only one thing that Galaxy fans want to see, and that is Chicharito lighting it up and giving the club its ROI and really um, standing by Carlos Vela and and being able to perform the way Carlos Vela does, whether you like Carlos Vela or not as an LA Galaxy right. fan, what you want to see is Chicharito becoming the man and dominating right. that entire tournament. And that is the most important thing for LA Galaxy. This is a huge signing. And it's, it's not gotten off to a great start, but to be fair to him, it was one game. And, you know, a lot of hoopla coming into this, but there's been a lot of hoopla. There's a lot of marketing behind him, big contract as well. And that's the most important thing, Josh. Nothing more, nothing less. He's got to perform. Otherwise, pressure's going to be on big time.
0: I mean, does this uh, th- because this, as you said, that you know, the asterisk is certainly going to be listed next to the MLS Cup. Um, anything that sort of happens this year is is thrown with an asterisk next to it. This tournament is an asterisk on an asterisk, so there's like three of them next to each other in order to figure out all the different things you have to quantify for this tournament. But does it release some pressure on Chicharito because of that? I mean, so let's say he gets out and he's lukewarm, and he's lukewarm for the next 10 games but he's starting to find his footing in the galaxy are figuring out how to play with them i mean you know does it does any of this matter
1: this year i think it does because if anything i think there's going to be more of a spotlight because of the uniqueness of what the league is doing in order to be able to complete a season, right? And be able to hand out, you know, the big shiny trophy at the end of it. I really do. It's going to get coverage on, I think, maybe channels we haven't seen before at the beginning, at least. If it continues to be um, exciting and fans are into it, then, you know, pe- it's tough to get people to watch certain games unless they're in that market. But there is going to be a little bit more of a spotlight on this, I think, especially with yeah. covid um, the media are going to be ready to jump on anything. Uh, but when it comes to the football, I just don't think the standards should drop or change regardless of what you are doing, where you are playing, and you know what tournament you are playing in. So I do think that he needs to... I think for confidence, Chicharito's the kind of player too that when he's not scoring, he, he get, you know he can go into this shell. He he he's he loses that confidence, and and I think it, he needs to get to, off to a fast start, score a couple of uh, early goals, and and right. really kind of get into the groove of playing in MLS and playing with this team, and and hopefully gelling with the likes of Pavon and Jonah and and the rest of the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to be interesting. Let's go to uh, the signing. Uh, Let's talk about the signing Mm -hmm. the LA Galaxy did today. Um, This is one chalk up one in the Josh column. Uh, I have been saying since the beginning, since preseason, that the LA Galaxy should have promoted this particular player, and today they finally did. Now, I have some background on that, so that way I can tell you sort of what was really happening, but Kai Kereniuk, um midfielder with LA Galaxy 2, the LA Galaxy 2 2019 Player of the Year, um, a guy who was by far, I think, the best prospect in preseason from L.A. Galaxy 2. I thought he was the best player. He had the best pace. He looked the most dangerous. He looked like he was ready for Major League Soccer more than any other person who was on L.A. Galaxy 2, and it wasn't even close. Uh, But the L.A. Galaxy get uh, Kareniuk up to the senior team um, he's he's an interesting uh, dude. He was born in, in Florida on the East Coast. Um, his mom is Dutch. So eventually he went and growing up playing soccer in Florida was cool. And then he decided that he wanted to go to the Netherlands and play soccer for six years. So he went over there and played in the Netherlands and learned the Dutch way of football uh, in, uh, in, in the Netherlands. And then he came back and, you know, joined um, LA Galaxy 2, did some different things. Um, but now he is up with the senior team. Uh, one of the things he said in one of the videos... He goes, I'm fast, I'm good on the ball, I feel like I'm pretty creative, and I can make things happen around the goal. I like the simplicity in that statement, which is, I'm fast, I'm good on the ball. By the way, he's correct on both of those. He's pretty creative. He, he definitely has a creative flair, more so than I would say the standard sort of American player. Uh, this is this is a guy who has creativity, Sophie, I think, in sort of the professional, upper-level uh, MLS talent ways uh, than maybe... The lower level, like I see guys at lower levels do things with the ball and you're like, oh, that's really cool. You could never do that in an MLS game. you get killed. Right. Um, Kareniuk seems to understand the timing in his head and understands how things work. His finishing is is decent. Um, I think it can be better and I think he knows it, but he has a quick foot, which I like better. That He doesn't have to hit it hard all the time uh, in order for it to go in the back of the goal. And I think that's a, that's a great thing. So I think this is a the exact signing the LA Galaxy should have made at the be- beginning of the season. And I'll tell you this, Sophie, that uh, they probably tried to. Uh, MLS actually froze the transfers in March after uh, on March 12th, when everything sort of shut mm-hmm. down for a little while. They froze everything out. Um, and whenever they froze everything out, that um, Basically, Karenia got stuck in the queue waiting to, for everything to be opened back up. So MLS mm, finally opened everything back up and, and and they were able to go ahead and announce the signing today. So I, I Josh, think this is a good me, one. This is me,
1: the- okay, so I don't know as much about him and I would love to um, learn a lot more, of course, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him play because I've seen a few people say this this boy's decent and I know that you had been talking about him previously and that's a really good call on your part and um if he's let's say someone struggling up front positionally does it, is he versatile what's what what's his what's his true um kind of position uh, and 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 if, yeah. he, if the team doesn't get off to a good start is he the type of guy that can come in is this is is this what they're banking on or is is his trajectory into the team over a period of time
0: So it's interesting because if this was a regular season and everything was normal, I would say, hey, this guy can be uh, some good relief for you in the second half. He's got a lot of energy. He can run for days because he's still relatively young um so you know hey this would be a good sub at the midfield position and he's probably he plays the wing more than anything and i think i've seen him on the left Mm -hmm. um he's 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 uh left-footed i I think he's left-footed um but he's he can hit with both feet so i'm not really generally concerned about that but most of the stuff i've seen him play is left-sided midfield which you're like oh well christian pavone plays there i'm like oh okay cool uh what does gbs do with his his wingers his his midfielders he inverts them Um, And what position did the L.A. Galaxy currently have open if you didn't want to touch the lineup losing Alexander Katai? If you wanted to get and Alexander Katai goes away and you just wanted to plop somebody into position and you have a winger who you can invert, you could put Kai Kareniuk in there. I actually think interesting that. That for this tournament, Sophie, because this is a tournament, because this is five games or three games in every five days, uh, because you're going to look for the work rate that a younger player brings you and the defense that the younger player brings you and the offense that a younger player brings you, um, and you can plug him into a team that needs to sort of stay in the shape that they've been training for this whole time. If you move Mm -hmm. Kareniak into that right midfield spot, I think that you could, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's an issue. I I think you do it and I think you do it because it's a tournament and who cares kind of what happens, but let him, let him grow up, um, in this tournament, because I think he could be uh, a difference maker for, for the LA galaxy eventually.
1: So what you're saying is that when you said you thought this was the deal that should have happened earlier is this is the deal that should have happened instead of Katai. Uh, no, I mean, instead of him I, coming I, into the DP role, the Alessandrini role, they're
0: not, y- are they the, they're not y- the, no, I mean, Katai's
1: so, so a Alice, goal, goal scorer, right? Or he's a no, winger. No, but
0: so. he's, he's, he's more of a winger, right? So you're going to get the crosses and GBS certainly likes the crosses, but he's able to cut in. So he is more of like an Alessandrini type or a Katai. I mean, quite honestly, Katai and Alessandrini play a lot of the same way. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, they never should have signed Katai If they would have looked into his history a little bit, just a little bit, just for just for like twenty or thirty minutes, you didn't have to do a real hard like a search to find some of this stuff. And um, but you know, it, it's one of those. If you, I
1: knew it. The MLS yeah, day.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say you you sort of you sort of picked that one off. Um, but for Kurenyuk, I mean no, he's not Alexander Gattai, and he's not Roman Alessandrini, and, you you know, you're not paying him to be those guys. But you don't have anybody else that really fits that position natively, right? is isn't like, it isn't You could move LeJet out wide to the right, which we've talked about. Mm -hmm. You could move, you know, Kleschen and Corona and Jonathan Dos Santos and Perry Kitchen. I mean, there's like seven different central midfielders and you could have Pavone on one side. If you wanted, you could switch Pavone to the other side and move somebody to the left side. You could move Pavone up to the top. I mean, there's a bunch of different things you could do to tweak the lineup to make it work. Or you could just drop in one player who could play in that position and he's probably fine there. Um, yeah, So
1: interesting. The when you go through it like that, Josh, you kind of realize there's a lot. There's versatility in this team, Um, yeah. and it, in there this. There is, but tournament, there's no depth.
0: Yeah, yeah I still no, feel there's no there depth. There isn't a lot of depth. No versatility, yes, depth in in like one place on the field. The um, I was talking to to Mr. Christopher Tucker uh, Zero and I were having a little chat today and he was like well who backs up you know Chicharito and <laughs> you start going through the list of guys who would technically back him and again we talk about this the same way which is you would probably move Pavone up top if Chicharito goes yeah. down and and you can't and then you could move other pieces around to fill in back spots. it starts moving things but if you're talking a like for like it's you know it's Gordon Wild it's it's Ethan Zubak. Um, and those aren't great suggestions either way right now and they're just unproven just like. Kai Kareniak, by the way, is unproven except that we've seen him play at LA Galaxy 2. We know that he can do it. Um, mm-hmm. So, so it's just it's those uh, people were asking. Uh, Justin asked, uh, would I rather have uh, Efraín Alvarez or or Kai Karenyuk, um on the wing? And Efra needs to stay as far away from the wing as possible because he's not fast. <laughs> um, so you put him in the center of the field and let him play make. Um, Kurenaiak yeah. has speed and he's quick. Um, there's, and again, the people who've been listening to this podcast since 2009 must just bang their heads against the desk on a regular basis. They're like, Josh is going to explain the difference between speed and quickness. Now, uh, Karenia gets up, is a quick guy. He has quick moves. He can cut quickly. He can get up to top speed quickly. And then his top speed is fast. Um, mm. and so all of those things are. Are interesting and the only reason Josh has memorized all of these all of these like quickness versus speed things is because in uh, in baseball in high school I was very quick I just wasn't very fast um, so I could I could usually get to places quickly but my top speed was not exactly I wasn't exactly flying through the air so um, <laughs> all those things sort of sort of mattered so um, but yeah it's you know for me mm-hmm. Kerenia was a good signing it was the signing they should have made it's now the twenty fifth player uh, and remember Sophie in these tournaments right now you can dress. 23 players so two guys are gonna have to like not be on the team sheet and they have to go sit in the stands a little bit higher than the rest of the team that's gonna be right, sitting right. there right now so uh we'll see that actually it's only one because uh technically speaking uh danilo acosta still um not uh not ready to return so i think we're right around 25 um total players even with acosta there as well so uh is that's there sort of any what we type of window Karania.
1: is there any type of window during this tournament
0: there's supposed to be a two or uh, as loose as you want to make it. There's supposed to be like a mm-hmm. two day window. That's going to open just before the I tournament so. and then it's going to close and then you're going to go through the tournament. And then after the tournament, I think they're predicting that there's going to be a, a 30 day window like there normally is, um, mm-hmm. around the summertime to allow MLS to capitalize on teams going out of business, uh, is my guess. Uh, because I think there's, there's something to that. So, um, yeah. we're going to watch yeah. to see what MLS pick up, but yeah, that was it. Uh, that was sort of fun with, uh, Karenia. Let's, uh, Let's shift real quickly to uh, Julian Arajo because I wanted to cover this because I think this is this is an awesome, cool little story. Uh, Julian Araujo uh, fed farm workers in Lompoc today, in Lompoc, California. Um, th- there's a couple things you have. I think this is really cool for a couple of different reasons. Number one is he's from that area. Um, so him doing that is, it makes sense, right? He goes to where he's from and he helps people out and the farm workers, the migrant workers who are there working in the fields, um, you know, during this COVID-19 pandemic, he's out there and he's, he's feeding them. Now, the, the, I think the cooler part of this is it doesn't seem like the LA galaxy had much to do with it. Sophie, it seems like he he (laughs) sort of took the initiative on himself, uh, which is cool. Like that's what you, I I love that. I love it's that. one thing if like if like a team sets things up and then you just mm-hmm. go up there and like wave and stuff like that. It seems like at least from my initial talks with the Galaxy was like I, I, I surprised one of them I'm like, hey, what's this thing? He goes, I knew nothing about this until today. So this is this is something we weren't involved in. This is this is Julian Araujo going out and doing it. So um, I don't know. I just go ahead.
1: You know, so, so many so many players. um they don't get the credit. I think a lot of the times we're ready to jump on players and sometimes we feel like, you know, the teams are the community. They're part of the community and, you know, sometimes things to fans or others media may seem mechanical, but I think during this time, some athletes have done some incredible things for many people yeah. And I think it's just been wonderful to watch, and the fact that he's done that off his own back without having to wait for the PR team to say, "Hey, we got to go do this." This is, yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a wonderful story, and um, and one of many, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it is, and and you know, even and by the way, you tip your hat to the other galaxy as well because they've been feeding people and and running different programs and doing stuff and getting out in the community Amazing and stuff. making stuff sure. so, that's all that's all I mean mm-hmm. I don't want to say that oh because Julian did it without the galaxy like the galaxy were useless that wasn't the point the galaxy are doing lots of things but oh, Julian did just Oh is that
1: how he came across I, I,
0: I don't know sometimes no that was that was for me I was more Correction. worried like I don't you know um no it's Correction. it's, it's it, it by the way people were saying hey um but you know clearly they're signing people we'll go back to the transfer window for a second they're oh. clearly they're signing people because the you know there are the windows open because they're signing people technically the windows not open yet they're allowed to make announcements but they can't officially add them to the roster until the window opens and they will open a window and then all of these will be "Quote unquote official," um, but yeah. yeah, that's what's happening right now. So, so technically, the signings, um, from what I understand, there will be a window. It'll open and allow everybody to sign people that they have basically already added to their to their uh, rosters, and then they'll it'll close again. It's more of a housekeeping window more than anything else. So, um,
1: right? That's, yeah, I we'll thought I thought that. I'd ask because I thought I had I'd seen a couple bits. So yeah, going to be interesting. Yeah. Very it, interesting.
0: Dude, this this summer transfer window is going to be just so it's super interesting from the perspective of, I have no idea what's going to happen, but because you have no Mm -hmm. idea what's going to happen, it's very difficult to predict, you know, people in the chat room are saying, Hey, You know, are they going to sign any bigger names? It's like, sure. I mean, yeah, okay, sure. Alan Franco, by the way, still seems like he's going to be signed by the LA Galaxy. I don't know if that happens before this tournament. I don't think so. It'll probably happen after the tournament. But Alan Franco still seems like that's a thing that's happening. Um, So that's there. But, you know, is there a bigger name on the horizon? I haven't heard of one. And I've seen lots of rumors that seem to me to be all BS. Um, I haven't been able, I've been watching them. I've been checking, I've been doing the things It's a little harder now that I have, you know, a six month, almost seventh month old who screams all the time. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I don't get to write as much as probably I used to, um, on some of these things and tell you that you got Larry
1: there. for that. Don't worry about it.
0: That's right. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. I miss Larry. We're gonna have to get Larry on the show too. Um, and do all this. Uh, okay. Let's go now to a nine year anniversary. Um, and now funny enough, this nine-year anniversary shares the anniversary with Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, and his wife. They, it's their anniversary tonight, which is why uh, Eric oh. took the night off, and which is why we get to be graced by the style and poise of Miss Sophie Nicolau over here. <laughs> um, Happy
1: anniversary to the Hammer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the Hammer and Mrs. Hammer. Um, Or would it be Hammer and Nail? No, I don't want to go there. Okay, so nine-year anniversary, different sort here, uh, of Mr. Mike McGee and his goalkeeping masterclass. And it's always fun. Uh, Sophie and I were talking before we started uh, that I love to talk about this, Sophie, mostly because (laughs) I was there, but also because this is, outside of the Zlatan debut game, this is the most iconic LA Galaxy game that ever got played. you know, it's like number two. To Zlatan's debut. That was that's this game where Mike McGee had to come in after Donovan Ricketts broke his hand in the game, and and Josh Saunders entered in the 24th minute, and then Saunders gets in a little scuffle with Lenhart, and Lenhart was being pure Lenny on this, uh, in the 43rd minute, uh, gets a red card, uh, red card for Saunders. So now the LA galaxy have no goalkeepers. And then Mike McGee, uh, as the story goes, and as we, he's told us multiple times on this podcast and most recently on the 700th show, uh, that he doesn't, didn't know what he was thinking. It was probably a bad idea. And he decided that he was going to go play goalkeeper and Bruce was like, yeah, sure. But put it on. Let's, uh, let's see how that goes. <laughs> um, so, and then he ended up making four saves. Um, I talk a lot about this game. For a couple different reasons, um, one Sophie is because there was this the whole Greg Berhalter thing, which I've sort of beaten to death. Which is Greg Berhalter beating to death Stephen Lenhart for the rest of that game, just kicked in the shins, kicked in the kicked in the heels, stepped on the feet, everything. The referee saw the whole thing, never blew the whistle because he was like, nope. After that, I'm not giving you a benefit of the doubt at all. So Lenhart was on the game or on the ground for a lot of this game as well. Um, and then the the other part though that I don't think we highlight as much. Sophie is that the 2011 team in this game in particular highlighted the fact that it wasn't just one person. Everybody talks about Mike McGee playing Mm -hmm. goalkeeper and he deserves all that credit, but go watch the defense that was happening in this game as San Jose was trying to, uh, you know, playing a man up. Sophie, for the whole second half was trying to go Mm -hmm. out there and score goals against Mike McGee. And the defense was like, we're going to give you some shots and they're going to be from outside. And for the most part, they just let them shoot from outside. But anything that came in, any ball that bounced in there, the defense jumped on it. The midfield was back there, and they were all playing for a singular reason, which was Mm -hmm. our backs are up against the wall, and we know – that we can stop this team from scoring. And we know we can frustrate them. We know we can do this. And it was that singular mind belief and the, sort of the singular action that was going on there that you don't see in teams now and that you haven't seen probably since 2016, 2017. It was a horrible year. You certainly didn't see it that. Didn't see it in 2018. Didn't see it in 2019. There's, there has been no singular sort of focus from these teams, but you saw it in this game in 2011.
1: That, that was his game, though. I mean, that was just one of those moments. You love to see it in football. Um, and yeah, I've seen it before in English football, when a player has to get in goal. So I think John Terry had to do it once for, for Chelsea uh, as well. He, he was brilliant. I mean, I, I, at one point, I, he was enjoying the theatrics of it. He got into the role. He really enjoyed the moment. And I think what it was about that team that trickled throughout Every player was there. Was there was a arrogance, but a confident arrogance. It it was. Um, it's true. You you just don't see that these days. And I I feel like that era of that team, they felt like they could be anybody. I know football's yep. like that. You know, you could be. And but they believed it. You know, and seeing him getting goal, and he wasn't the tallest player on the pitch either. But also, what a a lovely guy Mike McGee is, though. I mean, he's just one of those players where you really enjoyed covering. He's so smart. He was always great to talk to, always friendly. And um, that that game was a lot of fun. I can see why you like it. And I cannot believe it's been nine years, Josh. You've blown my mind with that one.
0: I know. I know. It feels long. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, I wasn't even a credentialed member of the press in 2011. Um, so I did not go visit in the press box then. I was in the stands for this particular game. Um, so that was... Uh, It was craziness. There's actually, there's even a side thing. Technically speaking, uh, after this game um, and like immediately following this game, it was the U.S. versus Mexico, I think in the Gold Cup final. And it was when Giovanni Dos Santos scored that goal against the U.S. men's national team. Oh, wow. Um, Uh Uh-huh. I actually, um, and and we had been talking, I was telling my wife this today, Uh, I had been talking to, but we were not quote unquote officially dating yet. Uh, my, My wife was living up in San Jose at the time. I went up to San Jose with a buddy and we knew each other. And so after the U.S. men's national team lost that game and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was at the bar with my buddy. I was I called up my 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 friend at the time, my friend, um, and we went to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, it was me, my buddy, and and my my now my wife uh, went to after this. I'm like, I go, do you remember that day? She's like, yep, I do remember. It was it was it was close to when we really started, like, you know, being serious <laughs> about the whole thing. So I thought it was just funny that. Um, that that was one of the uh, one of the things. So this it was nine years ago that that all that took place, which is which is kind of funny and interesting to see. So
1: I, I love fun. how um the some of the memories of our life, you know, yes, are triggered by sporting moments, and I, I'm eternally grateful for that as I get older, because uh, the memory uh, I think I have a good memory, but um it you do start to forget a few things, but sports. And movies, like when I worked in the entertainment industry as well, I could always the release date of a movie I could equate to, you know, a moment in my life, and um, and that was a fun that was a fun time. That was it was a fun to, to cover that team at that time uh, as well, and and a lot of interest in that team, of course, because of who was on it, um, yeah. internationally as well. So it kept me fairly busy at the time.
0: I was going to say David Beckham, Robbie Keane uh, came in in the twenty eleven season towards the end. He actually wasn't there yet. Um, for this game, because he doesn't no. come in until, yeah, he comes in the second well, half of, uh, of no, no, he was there. He was there in eleven well, he, was he just twelve w- yeah,
1: eleven, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, he was there in eleven and and he helped, but he wasn't there until I think August uh, was when because I think he only played like eight regular season games that year uh, and eleven. Uh, for the Galaxy to win the win their first cup then, and then they they doubled in 2012 and had the off year in 13 and then won it again in 14. Uh, but Robbie Keane was there for 11. He just didn't come in until the midseason, so he was not there for Mike McGee uh, goalkeeping day. So, uh, all, all interesting stuff. It's fun to sort of sit back and think about uh, those times. Uh, let's go now to the MLS Orlando tournament. The group stage, the schedule finally came out. We talked on last Thursday and on Monday about how MLS had just sort of mishandled and mismanaged some of the scheduling and the TV negotiations and everything else, and it drew on way too long. Um, We talked about teams showing up today uh, and yesterday. San Jose showed up yesterday. I think Orlando was supposed to show up today. I think FC Dallas is one of the ones that shows up here in the next couple of days as well. Um, So they're all starting to sort of head that way, and we told you that the LA Galaxy would depart the first week of July. We're going to narrow that down. Basically, we expect that the LA Galaxy... Right now, anyway, and this could all change, uh, will arrive in Orlando around July 6th. And basically, they have to be there on the 6th because they have to be there seven days before their first game. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they're going to spend a moment there longer than they have to. So it looks like July 5th, July 6th should be that day um, that the Galaxy head uh, to it. But we finally have a schedule, Sophie. We know the, when the LA Galaxy will play, and if you go on lagalaxy.com and forward slash schedule, they will tell you the times, they will tell you which games. You already knew the group that the Galaxy were in with the Portland Timbers, with LAFC, with Houston Dynamo, uh, in Group F. So Group F will start The very first game for the LA Galaxy is on July 13th. Uh, This July 13th day, they will be the second game. The first game will be the Group F starter, which is LAFC versus Houston Dynamo at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time on Fox Sports 1. Uh, And then the double header on that is the LA Galaxy versus the Portland Timbers. So the Galaxy will start off Group F against the Portland Timbers at 7.30 p.m. on July 13th. That game also on FS1. Um, A good way to start, Sophie. If we're sort of looking at the teams and where they rank, and I will certainly say that uh, Houston plays the Galaxy tough, Portland plays the Galaxy tough, and we know LAFC plays the Galaxy tough. So it's not exactly a a, a cakewalk. But Portland might be the best game to sort of open with, being you've already played Houston and know that they're probably going to be a, a a tough sort of matchup already. Um, but it's going to be Portland to start with. Does that give you any sort of uh, trepidation if you're if you're the LA Galaxy?
1: No, I think it's like when you're playing in Copa America or the Gold Cup, the Euros, the World Cup. You always want that first game to be the easiest team in the group. Um, right. You don't want to start off with a loss. You, you, you know, a draw or a win is always good. It's that sounding teams out and and being able to to play a team that. Um, I think in this group in particular, I think everyone will agree. And as you've said, that Portland is the easier of, of the of the three. Um, and, you know, to me, the whole draw was just a joke because, yes, it was. come on, that was... I mean, we've talked I about know. that, haven't we? It's just
0: I, We, we have. No, it, it, it is, and it, and it stays that way. Do you think any of these teams, do you think the Portland Timbers were like, woo? thank God we got the LA Galaxy? I mean... <laughs> I, the, because, you know, we, we always think of this from one side. Let's flip it and think about Portland for a second. I mean, they didn't want to play LAFC, certainly. Um, I don't know what their record is against Houston and whether or not... See, for the Galaxy, you know the Galaxy and Houston always play games... That are tough games, and you know that. And quite honestly, Portland. Although I was talking to a player, and I was, and we were talking about Portland, and they're like, "Come on, we always play Portland good." And I'm like, "Yeah, except for last year where you got blown out four to nothing in consecutive games because you played. Oh. Um, you, one of them was a U.S. Open Cup game, one of them was a league game, and it was four to nothing. I go, except for that. You know, it was fine. Um, And they did beat Portland at home last year. So um, they technically split the regular season with them. Um, but but so, also
1: it's no, it's a different scenario, right? Portland at home, uh, have got, they've got the crowd behind them. LA galaxy at home sometimes have the crowd behind them with this particular uh, team. I think we're going to see it. We would have seen a major difference to that with Chicharito um, coming on board, you know, um, this season. So going to be a little bit different and yes i do think right now teams think they can beat la galaxy the the mental makeup um i'm not equating them to arsenal but there is something about arsenal that they've fallen because they've lost their their dna their culture their their toughness the mental strength that they had yes pretty much their mojo yes and la galaxy i feel like they used to be able to go out on the field. You got the stars on your shirt. There are people. Teams were intimidated by those squads. Um, they really were. They had an edge before the game even started, and I—they I, lack that now. There, there isn't that feeling. Um, I think most teams feel like uh, they can definitely beat them, get a result from them. So this isn't going to be easy by any stretch. No. Right. Um, so I—it's I, going to be tough.
0: It's going to be really tough. It's it's going to be very tough to get out. And there's some tweaks here. We'll talk about the format tweak as well. Um, okay, mm. let's go to the second game for the LA Galaxy. Five days between the game on July 13th. Then we have a game on July 18th. The LA Galaxy uh, are going up against LAFC. So this is the East Coast El Trafico, the Orlando El Trafico. Uh, so this is the game that it really highlights the entire group stage. So um, I think... I think MLS did a good job of not making this the last game of the group because sometimes the last game of the group is just is not the best game um, because people are protecting their interests and a lot of things could already be decided by then. I don't think in this group it's going to be, but it'll be interesting to see. So it's a 7.30 p.m. kickoff time ESPN Saturday, July 18th. So they got it on the weekend. They got the prime time spot on 7.30 at 7.30 p.m. They got it on ESPN. They're doing all the things really that they could to make this game as big as they can. It'll be the second game of the doubleheader to Portland Timbers versus Houston Dynamo. I think and I didn't go through and check all the groups and certainly group A has 16 But for the most part, MLS is trying to get all of the groups to play their group games at the same, basically the same day. So that way, whenever you go and play another game against a group uh, opponent, you're playing them with the same amount of rest basically as as the Mm. last one. Only a couple hours difference at most uh, whenever you look at this. So, uh, so there, Uh, El Trafico, Sophie, what do you think of El Trafico In uh, in Orlando? Yep.
1: Well, I hope there's traffic. I hope they deliver some <laughs> type of traffic. Very important right. for it to feel authentic and real. Um, right. And well, Vinny, Vinny, start. No, Vinny, it's not your turn to speak now. Just <laughs> was, give me a minute. Say,
0: was, Vinny's like the <laughs> coolest. I, I, we were talking before this. Vinny is like my favorite dog ever. So you let Vinny do. It's not like Kevin, where Kevin's dog comes in or Kevin's squeaky chair stops. Think. Don't worry about it. You, Vinny's forgiven. He's fine. So I'm, I'm fine with
1: it. Squeaky <laughs> yeah. toys, so, though. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I I mean right now LAFC are the team to beat even though they're not the current holders of MLS Cup that right. they have the edge o- over us just for now. I say us loosely. I mean LA Galaxy. Uh, they have the edge and the, these are facts. I mean I think that win in the playoffs last last season was huge for them mentally. Uh, right. they had to overcome that hurdle and they did right. so and it was inevitable it was bound to happen so but I still think it's the competitiveness um, runs through that squad for that game and we've seen it and 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 we well, have i mean
0: I was going to say it's going to take away anything, Sophie, because right now that we're sort of assuming, uh, and it seems that assumption is correct. Nobody really wants to correct this assumption. It seems like Carlos Velo will not be at this tournament. So it's not going to be... Carlos Velo will not be there. Chicharito is going to be there. He's already said he's going to be there. And by the way, uh, apparently that was big news around the uh, the, the the Spanish-speaking media uh, yesterday that Chicharito was going to be at the tournament when we knew he was going to be at the tournament for like the last three weeks. But hey, wh- who, wh- what do we know? We've just been reporting did it I, for... Did I
1: miss did I miss a major memo? Why is Carlos Vela not playing the tournament?
0: His his wife is pregnant and he's thinking oh, that he's not going to go. And we thought the same could have happened technically for Chicharito because the Sarah yeah, his wife his is wife's also pregnant. pregnant. And, and so but it doesn't seem like that's going to be an issue. So, um he's going to go. So, it's just Carlos Vela. So, it's going to be a Carlos Vela less LAFC uh who picked up Bradley Wright-Phillips so they're going to have Bradley Wright-Phillips. Um and uh, against you know Chicharito and the LA Galaxy, does that take anything away from it?
1: Yes, <laughs> it actually does. <laughs> Makes it a little bit boring, to be honest with you, because right. that's what people want to see. They want to see them playing against each other, uh, and this again, even more for even more of an opportunity for Chicharito to be the one to shine. And he's actually going to be at the tournament, and his wife is pregnant also. He gets a lot of kudos from me to, to go. be going and to be doing that. So I, I must, I, I'm, I don't know, have I been living on planet Mars? How did I, what? I thought Vela was oh, going to be there.
0: So, so it's basically, it's like this, this, the, the worst kept secret. Everybody sort of has figured this out and nobody's really saying that he's not, that he's not, not going to be there. He's not going to be there. I mean, it seems that that's the case. Now he could have a last minute change of heart and show up, but right now it seems like he's not going to be there and that that's going to be it. So anyway, let's get to the final game. Uh, Thursday, July 23rd, uh, my birthday. See, isn't that nice of them on my birthday? They're going to play the final game. Stage. Um, so uh, that will be the LA Galaxy versus Houston Dynamo. It is a 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on Fox Sports 1 uh, Thursday, July 23rd. The final game. It is the second to last game of the group stage because LAFC will take on the Portland Timbers right after this as the last game of the group. So Group F will close out this tournament and it will be done. Um and really, it's going to be a rematch of a game that we've already seen, Sophie. It's been 1-1. We saw that game uh, in Houston. We saw the Galaxy look sort of listless in that in that game. Um, Christian Pavon with the only goal. The assist, uh, David Bingham, uh, from the goalkeeper. So playing that direct soccer. Um, so you look at all those things. Uh, what do you What do you think now? The LA Galaxy have to finish second, first or second in the group to advance or they have to be one of the three best third-place teams. And it used to be one of the four best third-place teams, but they actually decided to do something smart, which is in Group A, the top three spots in Group A, who has six teams, all get to advance, which makes some sense, by the way. Even though it's a screwed-up little tournament, it actually is more fair comparing the results and the percentages of advancement. That that evens things
1: out a little bit. I, I actually think la galaxy will finish first or second i I, there's something i don't know why like today i woke up and i fancied arsenal to win after they've been terrible it's just uh one of these it's a gut feeling based on something we've never seen or done before and we don't know how everyone's going to be um in this situation and especially coming out of you know a global pandemic but There's no reason why they can't um, progress, and they again they just haven't played together enough. And it's going to be interesting to see how Pavon and Chicharito do. Joe, I think they're very important. It's it's all about those those guys. And I think that would you say the defense is improved um, from last season? There were some terrible mistakes last season. Do I I think that's going to be the key?
0: I have no idea. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. We've seen this yeah. team play a couple of preseason games, two preseason games. We've seen them play two regular season games. One they lost, uh, one they drew. Um, it's just I, I don't know what this team is, and I don't think anybody else does. And I think that's probably true for most of Major League Soccer right now. Um, I think the real advantage is going to come from the player, from the teams that have a bunch of returning players that know, kind of know what they're doing and know how they're doing it um and so if you do that um we'll see you know it's one of those things where you could you could look at that and say well could you predict this tournament based upon those um different things and i don't know the answer to that and i don't you know i would love to be able to sit here and tell you oh yeah the la galaxy would be just fine their defense is improved i don't know if their defense is improved it's it sounds like it could be improved yeah. um but we'll we'll it's, see how it goes it's true, I mean,
1: I, it's true. we I, don't I, know we don't know diddly
0: no, no, and, and we're trying to predict it off a coach who has been rather predictable in terms of how he plays, and I don't think that's necessarily a help at this point because, you know, how many... If you put, <laughs> Somebody in the chat room earlier said this, and I was laughing because I was like, it's, it's kind of true. You know, the, uh, the LA Galaxy, I said, might only play five games this year. I mean, whenever you look at this, and then it'll be over. And they said five games, 5,000 crosses to the middle. Um, and so I was sort of like, yeah, I could, I could sort of see why that would be the way it is, and and sort of look at those things and say, yeah, with Guillermo, there's lots of crosses um, that come in, and who's going to finish those? Hey, listen, it's all about finding a style of play that fits this LA Galaxy team and not the Zlatan LA Galaxy team. So uh, again, Fans we don't just
1: have a lot of confidence in him, do they? Not
0: yet. I don't think these. I don't think he's earned it. What what confidence? He he had Zlatan right now. I, I am the biggest believer that Zlatan was was a great, amazing player, Sophie, but at the same time, he carried the team, but he carried them almost against the style of play that Guillermo wanted to play. Um, and so now you look at how they're going to try to do it with Chicharito, who very much will not be able to carry this team, but can be a goal scorer for this team and be very successful if they play to his strengths. Um, you know, Zlatan just muscled the ball into the goal ninety percent of the times, and he could do that. I mean, what we saw with him is something we're never going to see again. So, I mean, it's 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 one of those things you can't just sit there and, and rely on. Well,
1: he's a weldy so. He's a world class player. It's very look. I know there were a lot of people, and I thought at times the jabs towards Zlatan were very unfair. Um, in particular by some of the the media folks. I I, I just think you know his his arrogance you know, played yes. well to LA Galaxy fans. It did not play well to the league or um, opposing supporters. But there is no denying that the impact that he had was absolutely monumental and without his goals. Uh, and and he did things in games that won them completely on his own, right? Yep. The ma- the yep. magic was unbelievable. So Chicharito's not that player. He hasn't been that player for years, it's all well and good signing him because, you know, he brings he's going to bring in the crowd, he's going to bring in the audience, he's going to bring in the sponsorship money. But if he's a dud on the pitch, that all goes away. Oh, yeah. All of it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's
0: anything and that goes for any player. I mean, if, you know, David Beckham came over and the Galaxy didn't get the results and he was almost run out of town by the fans because of the fact that one, it seemed like he didn't want to play with the LA Galaxy and two, they, they weren't producing the results, Sophie. And if you don't produce the results in Los Angeles, you're going to get run out of town. I don't care who it was same with Slaton, by the way, huge risk. Signing Zlatan Ibrahimović coming off all of the injuries that he came off of, all of the things that are happening. I mean, that could have gone totally sideways. He's injured all the time. He doesn't play. All these things happen to where, you know, Zlatan is a total bust and it comes through. I mean, listen, as much as people like would like to forget that Steven Gerrard played for the LA Galaxy... Um, you look at that, Sophie, and you can say, hey, you know, Steven Gerrard was a was a world-class player that could have come in and really done some some crazy good stuff for the LA Galaxy, and it didn't work out that way. He was injured all the time, and now everybody's like, Steven Gerrard never played for the LA Galaxy. So you look can, at all can, those things. Can I ask
1: yeah. you a quick, a quick question? Sorry to interrupt, but while, while it's right no, in my like, head, do you think there's a scenario whereby, let's say that Chicharito isn't performing well, the Galaxy aren't getting results— chicharito is a little disgruntled maybe i don't know but could you see a scenario where the coach would be he would i mean he would go at at some point if it's not working with chicharito do you how like do you GBS see that would go yes that
0: gbs would Yeah. yeah of course this is again it's los angeles if you don't have the results and here's the thing they spent so much on chicharito it's not like you're gonna like get rid of chicharito right you're not going to do that. Not at no, first. That's no, not going to happen. What I'm saying
1: is, ha- can he yield? Does he, can he yield? He's going to have that power. He's the star player. So if it's not yeah. working out and he's not happy with the coach and the coach isn't delivering and he's not scoring. Yes. yes. That yes, LA Galaxy would think twice about getting rid of him.
0: Correct. Correct. Yeah. GBS could be on the hot seat if things don't work. Now, I don't know if any, nothing happens this season. It's just, it's just not concrete enough for it to happen this season. So um, the season is just too weird for anybody to take anything from the season. That's why this transfer window that's coming up in the summertime. If the LA galaxy have a chance to get like the best available player, I don't care what position it is. Just get it. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you have 17 other players who are in line. If somebody comes up and is the best central midfielder that you, that, you know, money could buy, then you go out and buy them and you offload a designated player and you make the changes and you just, you, you throw caution to the wind because this season is a mess. So I'm. It's you're building for next season. I don't. This season is like again. I don't know why we're playing it. Sometimes it, yes. it seems like it's useless. Yeah,
1: I I I agree with that. But as long as and I I I as long as they don't sign Balotelli, I think that would be a huge mistake. Surely that's just his agent. He's re-signed, yeah. I think, with his um, with Brescia um, for another okay. year or whatever. But, uh, but I think so. Oh, but that would okay. be a well, huge mistake.
0: It would be. Um, let's get real quick to the last thing and then we'll uh, we'll close this up just real quickly. Uh, the LA Galaxy 2, so the USL team for the LA Galaxy did get placed into Group B. They're doing different groups in different regions. And so the LA Galaxy were placed within the Western Conference and within their region. Uh, The teams they'll be playing is Las Vegas Lights FC, which no longer have Eric Winalda, who just got fired last week. Uh, Orange County SC, so the Orange County team that's close to me down here. Uh, Phoenix Rising FC, which is one of the better, uh, I think, Western Conference teams and has always been Mm -hmm. really fun to watch. Uh, And then San Diego Loyal SC, which, of course, is coached by Mr. Landon Donovan. So... Um, that's the group that they're in. Uh, I think the top two teams advance out of that group in order to be ready for the USL championship playoffs. Uh, so it's a, it's a mess of a, of a league, just the same as MLS is a mess of a league right now. Um, but that's where they're at. And I just wanted to give everybody a heads up, uh, that that's sort of what is going on with the USL. So, all right, Sophie, did we, did we, I think we covered everything, right? I know. Dang. <laughs> it was it was quick, too. I mean, you know, this the time flies. I, I That's why it's always so much fun. I just get talking with Sophie, I have show notes, and then I completely forget what I'm talking about in the show notes, and we just have a nice discussion. So uh, it's always more fun that way anyway. So, uh, Sorry Sophie,
1: if I veered you off track.
0: Uh, n- nobody could possibly do it. It's impossible. <laughs> um, no, it's all part of the show and all fun, and I think uh, everybody had a good time. So uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you there, Sophie, and we will get on out of here.
1: And that's the tea. <laughs> you can find me at Soccer Diva and also at Highbury Squad thanks again for having me always love talking to you Josh you rock it here and do such a great job and thanks to everyone who is uh, listening as well uh, awesome let's see you. how this thing shakes out
0: yeah it'll be a good time alright uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter it's at Jake jg-u-e-s-m-e-n and of course at Galaxy galaxypodcast cornerofthegalaxy.com all of our podcasts all of our videos all of our articles right there I oh, hope that doesn't
1: coming out big close
0: Lando, You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook